Equation would not exist without the engagement and the participation from all the practitioners, uh, from the laboratories, and of course the funding from the provincial pork boards and and uh, and governments. Uh, the people are really the key to make it work. A whole new era of communication in the Canadian swine industry is coming. Now you have the brightest minds of the Canadian and global swine industry right in your pocket. And what's best? You can listen to all of them while driving to a farm, traveling, or running errands. It's never been this good, and it's never been this simple. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Our nutrition group includes four companies, Nutrition Athena, Shakespeare Mill, Farmhouse, and Nutrition Partners, which serve swine producers all across Canada. Swine Veterinary Partners comprises four well-established clinics across Canada, Precision Veterinary Services, Premier SHP, Demeter Ontario, and Demeter Quebec. AX3 Digest is a highly digestible source of protein with a low level of potassium, giving young animals a healthy start. Welcome to the Swinet Podcast Show Canada, a weekly podcast where you'll find cutting-edge insights and everything that's working in the Canadian and global swine industry. Working with nature and not against it, piglets fed AX3 see significant and improved feed efficiency. Producers know the reality of needing to reduce antibiotic and zinc use. AX3 Digest is a highly digestible novel protein that promotes improved in barn performance, piglet health, and minimizes the need for zinc in the diet. For more information, visit www.protecta.com. That's www.protecta.com. With us today, we have Dr. Yetta Christensen, who will be talking to us about the Canada West Swine Health Intelligence Network. Welcome, Yetta. How are you today? Thank you for uh, inviting me, and uh, I'm fine uh, here on PEI. Very good. Yes, uh, you're, I believe you're our first guest from PEI, so it's a, indeed a pleasure to have you here. And Yetta, um, I wonder if you wouldn't mind uh, just taking a few minutes to give us some uh, background on yourself in terms of, um, I know you're from Denmark, and maybe tell us a little bit about uh, that and the progress of your career until you ended up in front of your computer here on Swinet Canada podcast. Well, yeah, I, I think my age will show when I start uh, to tell a little bit about um, <laughs> what I've done so far. Um, I, I did get uh, a DVM from Denmark uh, back in the 80s, uh, and I started my career uh, in practice, actually in an area where we did have a lot of swine, um, although I mostly took care of, of the cattle uh, or the dairy in, in the farm. We 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 had an outbreak of pseudorabies or Augeskis disease, so I was in the middle of trying to diagnose uh, these um, pigs or herds, and they got eradicated, and we tried to eradicate the disease from Denmark and also into the uh, later phases where we did bleed all the sows, boars, and, and 10% of the pigs. So I, I got a bit of a... Uh, uh, good introduction into bleeding pigs and the practice yeah. about that. Um, but it was also seeing surveillance and disease control from the ground, from the actual herds and, and 
what it felt like uh, to be in practice and talk with the producers on that uh, subject. Um, I then moved to what was uh, called the Veterinary Services, which was the uh, Veterinary Authority in Denmark and worked again with swine diseases and pseudorabies, Augeskis disease, um, there before I started uh, my PhD. Uh, and my PhD was in surveillance again, uh, but it was um, working, trying to combine uh, production data from farms with uh, records by producers on how they tr um, the treatments that they they uh, gave the the pigs and trying to combine that. So, so that I mentioned that because it's very close to what I'm doing today. Mm -hmm. um, I moved uh, while I was doing that. It, I was employed by the Danish Bacon and Meat Council, which is was is the organization for all swine producers and and abattoirs uh, in Denmark. And then I moved to the National Laboratory uh, as an epidemiologist, um, working with uh, the Danish Salmonella Control Program. Um, and the epidemiologic aspects of that and working with the data systems and setting that up. Um, I did a few other research projects at that time um, and going into uh, the next millennia, uh, I moved to Canada to Prince Edward Island um, and started a job with the Canadian Food Inspection Agency where I was for 15 years. Um, working again with surveillance, both uh, notifiable avian influenza surveillance, uh, surveillance in in swine um, over the over those years, um, and then uh, about six years ago, uh, I left CFIA and started in private uh, as a private consulting. Um, and uh, now uh, I'm working with the uh, Canada West Swine Health Intelligence Network, which is uh, for the four Western provinces and the swine producers um, and veterinarians there. So that's sort of a, a very brief story about over 30 years in surveillance. Yes, you're well, uh, well equipped to handle uh, the position that you're in right now, Yetta. So they're very fortunate to have somebody like you. Um, I'm, I have a sneaky suspicion that um, many of our listeners may not be very familiar with the network and exactly what it's doing and what its objectives are. And I noticed in the background information that you shared with us, you made it very clear that you can't be successful at anything unless you have clear objectives. So perhaps you could um, help our listeners and certainly help me to understand the network by exactly what it does and what its objectives are. Yeah. So uh, question is how we pronounce the acronym or I pronounce the acronym. It's a little bit awkward, but uh, uh, we serve the Western swine producers, herd practitioners and governments to improve uh, swine health production and the economic prosperity of, of the swine sector in the four Western provinces. Uh, so that would be going from West to East. It would be British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. Uh, so um, as I said, um, one of the reasons I 
wanted to work for this network was that they, from the get-go, had very clear objectives of what they wanted. They mm -hmm. wanted um, for the surveillance objectives to de detect emerging new diseases. Uh, they wanted to detect unusual clinical presentation of known diseases. Um, they wanted to provide us to provide some information on endemic diseases. And the fourth ob objective is for the diseases that are absent in Western Canada or in Canada as a whole, um, the examples that are uh, most talked about right now might be African swine fever or foot and mouth disease. They want us to help provide evidence that we're truly free of those diseases. Um, that uh, aims to support trade, our international mm -hmm. trade. So that is four very clearly defined um, objectives. So what we're doing in question is that uh, every quarter we send out a survey uh, asking practitioners on their clinical impression on what is going on uh, with different diseases. We also get uh, data from a couple of laboratories. We get data from the veterinary diagnostic services in Winnipeg. We get uh, data from the prairie diagnostic services in Saskatoon. Uh, in addition, a couple of uh, research laboratories will send us uh, data on uh, Brachyspira, so uh, occurrence that is swine dysentery and influenza. We get specific data on uh, African swine fever testing from two uh, provincial laboratories in Alberta and, and BC. So that is a lot of data that comes together. So the first step is we coll collate this data and then I analyze the data and then we have a quarterly call. Uh, at the quarterly call, we invite uh, the practitioners that uh, have participated with the surveys. We invite some of the laboratory experts and representatives from the provincial governments and the provincial pork boards to discuss the findings. Uh, and this is really uh, a, the network part of question where we build the network, we build the trust, we build uh, the communication between practitioners across the entire region so they can exchange their knowledge. Uh, and, and that's a big part of, of what we do. When that has all been done, um, our two key publications are a veterinary report that we send out to about a hundred uh, practitioners and swine experts in the region. Uh, just uh, summarizing what we found in, in the data, in the analysis and the discussions at the quarterly call. And we also send it out, out to over 1,600 uh, producers in the region. Uh, they get uh, their uh, uh, version of, of the report too. So that is uh, the core activities that we do in question. Interesting. And, and you said over over 100 um, practitioners are involved in receiving the report. So you've got pretty, you've got pretty good penetration in the industry across Western Canada then. 
they are they're about 50 practitioners and then the the rest the the, the other 50 is swine health ex, swine health experts uh, from laboratories other other surveillance networks uh, working in in the region okay gotcha I um, I went to your website uh, Yetta to take a look at it um, very interesting uh, website and and very well laid out. But when I did my Google search, I found there's also a Canadian Swine Health Intelligence Network. So is that related? Is that a partnership or are you connected with them in any way? Yeah, we are part of that. Um, the Canadian Swine Health Intelligence Network is the umbrella of four ah, regional uh, networks. Uh, Christian which has the W and the West in, in part of our name is representing the four Western provinces. Then there is Owen, the Ontario Animal Health Network. Their swine section will take care of um, Ontario. We have Raiso in Quebec, and then we have representatives from the Maritimes too. So actually following our regional quarterly call, there is a national quarterly call where we exchange again with the other networks. So what we do in that setting is we we pick uh, up to three or four topics that were relevant for our region and we share uh -huh. with the other regions and they yep. do the same. And, and that way uh, there's actually been very uh, interesting discussions where uh, Practitioners from east to west can help each other uh, with specific, uh, unusual uh, presentations of disease. If we can talk just uh, a little bit, I want to get into the nuts and bolts of the of the network, uh, Yetta. But before I do that, um, I'm sure our listeners are wondering who is um, who is paying the cost of your network, the network you're. Uh, employed by, and then the overall uh, national umbrella network. Is this funded by the industry? Is it funded by the government or combination? How, how does that work? Our funding is pretty sustainable. I, th I think um, in 2018, we made a five-year plan. And so we had a five-year uh, plan also for the funding. Um, and the first five years there, we had funding from the four provincial port boards and uh, the provincial governments. Um, and it's sort of a 50-50 government port board financing in each province. And then uh, province by province, it's scaled a little bit by the number of, of pigs produced. So Manitoba pays more than BC that has fewer uh, pigs, for instance. So so it's it's not a 50-50 among all eight, it's right. sort of also yep. balanced out by by the uh, production in, in there. So uh, this year, uh, we succeeded to get funding for the next five year with the same funding model. Oh, wonderful. Okay, no, that, that's good. <clears throat> Certainly allows you to do some longer term planning uh, yes. and strategizing. That's great. So when you get up in the morning, Yetta, and you're going to work, which I assume is sitting where you are right now. Um, what is it that excites you the most about the position you're in and this network? Actually, what excites me most about it is the people. Uh, the people in the network are, are 
helpful, they're friendly, they're engaged, um, they, they seem to respond to all my questions and weird uh, <laughs> demands or, or requests uh, uh, pretty promptly. Um, and I get a lot of, of good feedback uh, from, uh, from pork boards, representatives, from the practitioners, from the laboratories and so on and so forth. That, that is really what makes it fun. Uh, to go to work. Probably say that about a lot of positions, right? Uh, people, people do make the difference. Um, yeah. My, I'm going to ask the same question, but from the opposite uh, perspective, what is it about the position that causes you angst? What, what is it? And I'm not looking for the, you know, the the bread and butter day to day administration, but the actual functioning of the network. What is it that causes you to be? Um, a, a bit apprehensive or a bit concerned. Obviously, I'm sure foreign animal disease comes in there, but let's set that aside just with the diseases that are in, uh, in endemic in Western Canada now. Is there anything about the network, the things that you're seeing that cause you to be concerned? Mostly it is um, that it seems to be very well received and um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people depending on it. Uh, but the staffing is is pretty much a one woman show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. So oh, okay, yeah. So it's yeah. it's more the sustainability uh, thinking about how can this continue uh, even even if I step down. Uh, right. That that yeah. that would be a concern, and so it's it's really um, the backup. Uh, of every function in the system that is is the weakness and and what we we want to address over the next five years. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that and that, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Now, my next question for you is a bit different, and that is, you worked in surveillance and, if I can call it, epidemiology in in Denmark. Uh, and then you moved to Canada, and you've been working in Canada for quite some time now. The industry in Denmark is structured very differently compared to the industry here, or in Canada, pardon me. And so, is it how do what's it like to work within the Canadian industry as compared to the the Danish industry, which is much more structured? Um. I think the big difference is that um, if we're just looking at Western Canada, for instance, uh, we have four provincial governments and we have four provincial pork boards. And sometimes we need to consider the National uh, Canadian Food Inspection Agency too. So we are easily up um, talking about you know, nine partners there. And if you have to include laboratories, we are easily into three or four uh, just to get Western Canada covered. In Denmark, there's one industry, one laboratory, and one government. Right. So that's three partners. So yeah. um, uh, everyone has a slightly different approach. Everyone has a slightly different perspective. All of the approaches and all of the uh, perspectives uh, could be valid or most certainly are valid. Uh, so it's just um, 
uh, it just takes a little bit more of project management or management uh, to get something off the ground when you have so many partners. I think that that is the fundamental difference. When it comes to surveillance um, uh, in itself, I think it's pretty much the same principles. Okay. Uh, if okay. you want surveillance to succeed, you need four elements, I usually say. You need science, you need project management, you need communication, and you need documentation. And you just need all four of those to lift a surveillance, um, um, unless you're talking about surveillance in, a, in one herd or something, then you might be get off a little bit easier. But if you have so many partners in surveillance, mm -hmm. then you really need all four elements. Right. Yeah. And that makes sense. That makes sense. I think my, my last question of you on the subject of the network, yet is there one disease uh, right now that seems to uh, capture the attention of your veterinary partners more than any others? Um, in terms of that they are particularly concerned with and they're particularly interested in the surveillance information that you generate? That is hard to say. There, there are a couple that attracts um, attention. One is Seneca Valley virus, which mm -hmm. is primarily uh, driven by the work that the provinces are doing um, due to the fact that uh, Seneca Valley virus is present in the U.S., it causes uh, blisters, um, mm. and so it could look like foot and mouth disease. So oh, wow. it is yeah. it is a nightmare uh, for uh, CFIA and USDA because they have to follow up every time you see a pig with blisters, they have to follow up or investigate and rule out foot and mouth disease, basically. Um, so that's that's a problem with the disease. Um, and uh, it apparently uh, shows up very quickly. So you can have um, particularly cold sows is the issue, uh, going through assembly yards to the US for slaughter. And so, they can look fine when they leave the herd, but then when they show up at assembly yards, they can have blisters or uh, what happens more uh, frequently or, or has happened more frequently is they leave the assembly yard looking good, but before they arrive at slaughter in the US, they show blisters and then you have the trouble. Um, so that is a right, disease yeah. that uh, have governments uh, yeah. in plural uh, concerned. Uh, it's it's not really hit the the producers or the or the barns yet. Um, another disease that have been uh, of particular interest is very rare. It's only hit two systems in Canada since 2019, and it's Streptococcus equisu epidemicus, which is basically killing mature animals pretty quickly, um, and. Uh, it will kill sows. They will show uh, slight depression, uh, go off feet, and within 12 hours, they're dead. Uh, and it's yeah. huge, huge mortalities. It's not just a single one. Yeah. Um, so it's really a nasty disease that you don't want. Uh, and so far, 
Um, the network has discussed uh, different control options, but um, as far as I'm, I know uh, right now, um, depopulation is is the only thing that might work. Right. Uh, so, so that's another one. And the network has really been useful because on at the um, quarterly calls, it's been discussed as a new emerging disease uh, very quickly after the first um, sow started dying. It only took a month and a half before we were, we were discussing it. So in ac across the country, actually, um, it's it's very very rare, thank thankfully, but um, but it's one of the diseases. Um, the other diseases that are coming up is is circovirus. Uh, mm -hmm. Seems to be changing a little bit. Um, it used to be mostly PCV three or oh, PCV two. Sorry, mm -hmm. um, now it seems to be more PCV three coming up, um, and so we're keeping an eye on that. Um, uh, for that, I'm also reaching out to our co counterparts in the U.S., the Swine Health Intelligence Center, um, mm -hmm. and talking with their technical experts to see if they see similar things in the U.S. as we do here. So, so there's an exchange every quarter with them, too. So Christian is really a network um, in the region, but it also reaches out uh, right. yeah. across Canada and, and to other partners. So, so I I think that is the few diseases I would would highlight right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Could change tomorrow, but uh, that's yeah. it right now. Very good. That's the nature of the position you're you're in, Yetta. Yetta, thank you very much. This has been very very interesting. Uh, I think it's useful for our listeners to have a better understanding of this uh, network, uh, both how it functions within Western Canada, but also across the country nationally and also internationally, as you just described. Um, do you have, before we leave the, the subject, uh, do you have any, uh, any other points you'd like to make or would like to emphasize any take-home messages for our listeners? Well, for Christian particularly, I, I just want to emphasize again and again that Christian would not exist without the engagement and the participation from all the practitioners, uh, from the laboratories, and of course the funding from the provincial pork boards and and uh, and governments. Uh, the people are really the key to make it work. Right. Yes. As always. As always. Yeah. So that's a great point to finish on. It's time for our famous three. But before we finish the podcast, uh, Yetta, uh, I have three questions for you that we ask of all of our guests. And the first one is, what is your favorite swine-related? I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's the one that I use the most, and that's diseases of swine, wow. which is pretty obvious. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that one, uh, that one comes up a lot, uh, Yetta. And then the next question, uh, we broaden it a little bit. And what is your favorite book, period? So it doesn't have to be related to swine. doesn't have to be nonfiction. It can be fiction. It can be of any kind. But do you have a favorite book that you've read that you think our listeners might be interested in as well? Well, um, I must admit that it's Jane Austen, Pride and Prejudice. And it, I can watch it in any shape or form or read the book a couple, a couple of, you know, 
practically every year. So <laughs> right. I, wow. I can tell yeah. you if they deviate from the text in the book, in the movies, and so on and so forth. <laughs> right. Great. And, um, and that one has not come up yet. So thank you for that. And then my final question is, um, in your opinion, what is it that sets apart the most successful uh, uh, professionals in the swine field? What, what is it that makes them particularly successful? I, I would like to narrow it down a little bit to, to epidemiology and um, animal health surveillance. And I think in order to be successful in that particular area, uh, even in the swine sector, is you have to be practical. You really have to know um, how things uh, will work and how it's practical and easy uh, for all involved. We, we already talked about um, how a surveillance in Western Canada would involve nine different parties, and it has to be practical and easy for all of them um, and the veterinarians who participate and the producers that participate. Otherwise, um, you will never succeed. That's, that's interesting. That, I find that very, very interesting that's the first time we've heard that uh, that observation, but I can relate it to my own field of, of nutrition. I took my students one time to a feed mill and had a tour by the manager of the feed mill, and he had the almost the exact same message, and he said, you cannot be a successful nutritionist if you do not understand the flow of product through a feed mill, and that was a very, very powerful message. And it's, uh, it's kind of the same message that you have. You're relating it to epidemiology. And so thanks for bringing that up. That's a, that's a really good point for our listeners to keep in mind as they're looking to develop their careers and achieve success in their, in their, own, uh, in their own world. So with that, Yetta, um, I'd like to say thank you very much. I've really, really enjoyed our conversation today and learning more about the, uh, uh, the, this network and what you're doing, the challenges that you're facing, but uh, critically, the importance of the network in disease surveillance. Uh, so thank you very, very much. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. I, I was happy to be here and try to explain what we're doing. Great. Very good. And you have a good day then. Yeah, thank you. 